Welcome back to the show. On today's episode of the podcast, I cover a lot. We start off by talking about the duality of things that I think so many of us are experiencing right now. The high highs and the low lows. There is so much suffering in this world and there is also so much beauty. And I think we are all feeling this on a collective level and also personally inside of ourselves. So how do we allow ourselves to feel joy and to honor the greatness of our own lives when there is also pain, right? Is that allowed? Is that okay? And how do we navigate the shame that comes up in those areas? I also talk about parenting quite a bit because I happen to be in a fairly challenging phase with my daughter right now. So if anyone has any advice, you know, hit me up. At the very end of the show, I share some big, exciting news. So stay tuned for that. Hello, my darlings. Welcome back to the show. It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I hope you are well. I really do. I hope you are well. I am sensing such a such a duality in the world right now, a duality in my own life, just the split feeling of everywhere I look, there is a lot of suffering and there is also so much beauty at the same time. And I'm experiencing this on a very personal level, just in my own family and inside of myself. And it's easy to tell looking out at the world with everything that's going on. I feel like I've I've used that kind of euphemism instead of getting really specific about the painful events that are happening everywhere because they are too many to count. I've been saying that since pandemic, you know, with everything going on in the world and like you I know you know what I mean. It's just it's just so much, you know. Off the top of my head, I mean, we have Ukraine obviously going on a long time. Russia feeling uh, feels really, really intense now what we're seeing in the news. Puerto Rico, Iran, I mean, Pakistan. There's just so much pain in the world, so much suffering, so many unfair things happening. And I can also sort of see this inside of myself, a reflection almost of the, the suffering in the world. All of a sudden it dawns on me um, and it can happen really quickly. Like I watch the news or I watch a, a clip of something on social media and or I have a conversation with a friend and I get overcome with this, just the weight of it all. And it is worse than it was a while back. It's always been bad in many places and hard in many places and easier in others. Like it's always, of course, been that way. There's always been suffering in this world. But the escalation of of the lives that we live now coming coming toward the end of 2022, you know, it is much more. <laughs> it's, it, there's a lot more suffering and pain and hardship. It's almost like everything is just accelerating. Things are moving faster. And we're seeing that just with the political state of a lot in the world. We're seeing that with the environmental state of the world. It's speeding up. And I can 
find myself just feeling so overwhelmed and so weighed down and so hopeless almost, you know, it's all so, so much. And then I take a breath and then I, I shift my awareness and then there's a lot of joy suddenly. And then there's so much beauty all of a sudden and a lot of, I'm just sensing a lot of beauty in the day to day and how I see people relate with each other. I'm seeing a lot of vulnerability all around me these days. A lot of intimacy, much more intimacy, I find, than a couple of years ago. You know, we we are all closer somehow through the things that have come our way. And in our own family right now, you know, going through grief. And at the same time, being very, very close through this grief you know it's kind of like the little walls that were there before have come down in a sense and we're more honest with each other in our family right now we are checking in on each other more there's something really beautiful about that so yeah I guess maybe you are feeling the same just holding the duality of all all that is I uh in this moment So this exact moment, I feel good. (laughs) Yeah. And I almost, um, I almost feel a, a, yeah, I almost feel a sense of shame around that. And I'm really working through that. And I know this is the same for a lot of you, that when we have a good phase in our lives, we get a lot of consecutive good days or just goodness comes our way. It's challenging to hold that and really own that and to celebrate that, let ourselves celebrate that when there is so much hardship in the world, when people close to us are suffering, when there's injustice everywhere we look, you know, and I I know and I know you know that it's our responsibility to celebrate that joy when joy comes our way. Life and the world as a whole doesn't want us to sweep our light and our joy under the rug when it arrives, you know. It wants us to let us, let it lift us, you know, let it help us rise. Because it's from that elevated energy and from that joy and from that abundance that suddenly comes that we can do things, we can do good things in the world. And we make the world a lighter place and a better place. And then we get closer to people who are suffering and we can actually fully support them, you know, and be there. And I think somehow it's kind of the way of the human condition. It hasn't been that way, but it's supposed to be that way that when I'm doing well, right, I want that wellness to overflow from my own personal life and have that elevate people around me knowing that when I'm unwell, because inevitably life ebbs and flows, there's going to be a next season in my life eventually where something really terrible comes my way again. And then leaning into and trusting that the people around me who are well at that stage, that they'll be able to hold me and that they can become an anchor and and be that steadiness that, that I need at that time. Yeah, we're supposed to move with life, you know, the rise and the fall and the ebb and the flow and the high and the low. And I really am just personally practicing holding my own joy without shame, right? Letting myself feel 
the full extent of happiness when happiness is here. Um, to to really let myself celebrate the beauty of my life right now without holding back and to not shrink myself because <laughs> I'm I'm really good and, and I've I've kind of come to terms with this a little bit I'm really good at sharing and talking and um, opening up when things are hard <laughs> when something bad is coming my way um, I actually I do my best writing when I'm in grief when I'm struggling when I'm in pain it's almost like hardship and heartache opens up a little window into my innermost highest sense of creativity and I can just pour everything out on the page and relate with people from that pain and from that heartache and at the same time I'm really bad at doing that when things are when things are going well when things are personally for me in alignment and in a state of flow and strangely right now and I know this to be true I am in a state of absolute alignment I feel that way I really really feel that way yes I have you know issues and things and there's heartache here and there's struggles and everyday stuff but on the big scale I had it dawned on me yesterday fully like I had a big download where I just realized that I'm going to look back at this time of my life, this time, this like first year of us moving to Sweden and figuring things out and planting the brand new garden and a brand new place and coming back to my roots and spending all this time in nature and this transitional time that landed us here in this very ancestral place for me. I'm going to look back at this time and I'm going to look at it as one of the most beautiful times of our lives. I really felt that yesterday, like, oh my God, kind of like if I look back at my life and I look back at my first year spent in Costa Rica when I moved from Sweden when I was a teenager, I had that first year of freedom, of complete independence, of finding meditation and yoga and changing my life and, you know, swimming in rivers and waterfalls and spending time in the rainforest and learning to surf and meeting a bunch of cute boys and making friends and, you know, all of that. I didn't sense it. I didn't hold it in that way then because everything was so new and shiny and glittery and whoa. But I look back at that time. It's like, wow, that was one of the most beautiful years of my life. And same thing with, yeah, first time when I met Dennis, you know, our first year, couple years together were also they were so precious you know so very very precious that that new love feeling but a new love that felt like a long love was very unique you know something I'd never experienced in my life beginning to build our lives together trusting in a new way you know grounding with a person for the first time in my life there was a hardship then, of course, you know, we had our struggles and things like that. Just like my first year in Costa Rica, there was a lot of unknown, you know, I was flat broke. I had, I had issues, of course, we always have issues. And those first years with Dennis, you know, we had a lot of stuff going on and things we were figuring out. But I look back at that time, it's like, wow, you know, that first year together, that was something, you know, that was in my mind now, at least, like if I look back at the with that, the rose-colored nostalgic glasses, you know, 
like everything, <laughs> we can romanticize things in our past, but particularly those first, those those years, you know, were so, so, so special. And it dawned on me yesterday, I wasn't doing anything. Actually, I was kind of tired. <laughs> I was kind of tired. I'd had a long day. I had a kind of a busy day. Dennis left. <laughs> Dennis has never, since we moved to Sweden, the man has never traveled more. <laughs> I don't know what that says about, about him right now. But Dennis is in Norway right now for something really exciting. So he just left. Leia and I were in the garden. We'd walk the dogs just quickly in the woods. And we were harvesting a little bit of squash. It's like not a, like I've had more amazing magical harvests. And, you know, it was just like a kind of a mundane day for us. She had swim class, which actually is my least favorite activity of hers because we're not allowed to be inside by the pool. We have to wait. Like outside, it's not so fun. But anyway, we harvested that squash, came home. I made doll, put her to bed. And I had this moment where I was just like was sitting on the couch and I looked at my day and I felt so full. I felt so very full. I felt so whole. And I didn't do anything extraordinary, right? I didn't... Normally that sense of accomplishment or purpose or fulfillment, like that feeling comes when I have done something great, right? Something that in my mind, I'm like, that's a great thing that I did, you know, creating something amazing or finishing up a project or closing a retreat or moving forward with a business idea or yeah, something, something that must feel like greatness somehow, you know, I did something great that feeling would come at the end of the day. And today, yesterday, it wasn't even a great day. You know, it's just a regular day. Like nothing, I did a lot of laundry. <laughs> yesterday I did like three loads of laundry, cleaned a bunch and cooked and did my emails and, you know, said bye to Dennis and put my kid to bed. And, and I had this feeling of just complete full contentment. And it down, downloaded into my brain. I had this just dawned on me that these days, this time is, is some of the most beautiful time ever. And I'm going to look back at this year and it's going to have that rose colored sheen. It's going to have that glittery feeling. And I don't want to have to wait. I don't want to it's so very human that when we are in the moment, we're always looking for the things that aren't working. We're, we do that to keep ourselves safe, right? Whenever the ground feels shaky in any way, we're always looking for signs of that shakiness so that we can make sure we find ourselves on solid ground right away. It's a safety thing, might even be a trauma response, you know, we're kind of using our mind as a little radar. And that radar doesn't look for things that are working. That radar doesn't search for things that are amazing and beautiful and perfect and great. That radar is looking for what's wrong. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And it's such a very human thing. And it's a survival thing that we seek through our day and we look through our lives and we look for any sign of what's bad, what's not right, what feels unsteady, what feels unsafe, what's out of my control. And we focus on those things, you know, it's what our minds naturally do. And it's also what we're taught and conditioned to do to constantly improve and grow and do better and make ourselves better and 
you know, everything like it's, we've not been taught to just settle into that quiet contentment of a, of a day. So we look for everything that's wrong. And I would like to do less of that, you know, and really spend more time in awe of the wholeness of my life right now. And even though there are things that are, are hard, you know, my brother's grieving, which means we are all grieving, of course, but it's his, it's his grief and it touches, <laughs> touches all of us. Leia, we're struggling immensely right now. We're having a really challenging period right now. Holy moly. It's also her first real experience with death which has brought up so much, you know, so much. Actually, two, one of my best friends lost her dog just a few weeks before my brother's dog passed. And Leah was also very attached to her. And then Hammer died, who she knew so, so, so closely. And um, that, I think, coupled with the fact that she's almost six, I've heard a lot of stories about six being kind of a challenging age. And I never like that just sweeping statement that one specific age is terrible. Terrible twos, terrifying threes, you know, fearful, fearsome fours or whatever they call them. Like every year is supposed to be this hard year. Like I've never had that experience. You know, she has cycles and seasons and, and developmental phases and growth. And there are stages in her life when she's figuring a lot of stuff out. And that makes things hard sometimes. And we are in one of those phases now, like a really, really hard phase. We have never, <laughs> we've never struggled more, I think. It's been, it's been, it's been a hard couple of weeks right now with her. Um, and then, you know, there's Dennis, love of my life, my husband, who isn't fully settled here, who's also struggling in his own ways. And like, there's stuff in our lives that aren't perfect, Right. I mean, I could keep going and I could keep looking for all the things that I would like to work on or make better or improve or wish they were, you know, but that is always going to be the case. <laughs> and it's so important that we, that we fully understand the depth of that, even though our mind likes to paint this picture that over there, there is a, there is a version of my life where everything's finally great, Right. That version of our lives doesn't exist. We're always going to have issues. We're always going to have problems. What's going to shift and change is the depth of those problems and struggles. And the saddest part about the saddest part about being human is we could actually find ourselves in one of the most easeful, graceful seasons of our lives, but we could stay very stuck in those minuscule, solvable problems. And then we don't get to actually hold and appreciate the beauty of that flow in the moment as it's happening. And then all of a sudden, life throws us a curveball, like, hey, somebody dies. You can't plan for that. You can't, you know, get ready for that somehow. You can't even really wrap your head around imagining that, you know, in your, in your brain, what that's going to be like. All of a sudden, somebody dies. Or all of a sudden, someone gets severely ill. All of a sudden, you get ill. All of a sudden, something really real happens. And then we go, oh, you know, we had it so good. You know, before that thing happened, everything was so good and I didn't appreciate it. I didn't know how good I had it. 
And it doesn't mean that something's wrong with us because we are that way. We are all that way. You know, we're just wired that way. But I think, I really think that by slowing down our lives, by making sure that we practice a lot of awareness, that gratitude for what we have now can become an innate felt part of every single day. And that's my my work in this moment. <laughs> it's like I, I'm actually having a lot of those, whoa, whoa, I'm so grateful. Whoa, everything's working. Whoa, everything feels really big and bountiful and beautiful. And, and then <laughs> yesterday, as I had that big download of like, oh my God, this is, this is so, this is such a beautiful time. I don't want to, I don't want to not cherish it as that every day. I want to just slow every moment down and just really feel the gratitude for everything I have now. And I wrote a post about it for Instagram. I usually write in my notes app. I had a cute little photo of me and Dennis took, I don't know, a few weeks ago of me and Leia walking the dogs. And I wrote a long post about, about my gratitude you know, and about how how happy I am we get to live this life and how blessed I feel. And then when I was about to post it, I, I went, oh, you know what? This is a lot. And maybe it is, it is a lot. Do I need to share the, the greatness of my life right now? Do I need to talk about that? There's so much heaviness in the world, you know, so I took a beat. And then I realized, actually, I don't need to post this. It was just, it felt really beautiful to write. And just the process of writing my gratitude down shifted, you know, really anchored something in me. Like, yeah, it's a, it's very healing to write. It's, it's a good way to process to write. And then I just deleted it all. <laughs> and I wrote my, one of my favorite Ram Dass quotes again. We're all just walking each other home. And I wrote that instead <laughs> and shared that little post. But then today I'm sitting with that, you know, how happy is too happy? You know, if, if, if one of your closest, most cherished people is grieving, going through the hardest time of their lives, are, are you allowed to feel really happy and to, to hold the excitement of the things that are working in your life now? And although that feels like a challenging thing, you know, I know the answer is yes. Of course, the answer is yes. Of course, of course, the answer is yes. Now we can choose just, you know, mindfully what we share to the whole entire world, right? On a platform that actually innately isn't a super safe space to share things on. It's not really a, a trusted anchored place. You know, the way I share on this podcast, I would never share on Instagram. It's not the same, <laughs> you know, like this is you and me talking over a cup of tea. Instagram is that megaphone out into the whole world, including people that have no idea what you actually mean or that are really decided to to, to look at the worst in people or who are just on there because they are looking to be triggered and have their reactivity you know, constantly alerted so that they have something to shout about. Like it's a, it's not a, it's not a super secure place to share your innermost feelings, right? So being mindful around where we are vulnerable and how we are vulnerable and remaining vulnerable and open and celebrating the things that we want to celebrate and grieving the things that we want to grieve, but in a safe place, right? 
So yeah, that was a <laughs> kind of a long-winded way of saying I'm really happy. And if I look back, if I look back at a while ago, a year ago, <laughs> even a year ago, I mean, we're, it's end of September now, a year ago, Dennis and I and Leia were in an Airbnb in Aruba. And we knew we had this little house that we were going to move into. And we were kind of trying to renovate it from afar, you know, putting fresh paint on the walls and we redid, redid the bathroom and and I I was feeling I was feeling okay because I knew we were going somewhere steady, but I was also feeling totally freaking terrified. You know, like we ripped Leia from her school, from her friends, Dennis too, you know, from his community, his people. We left the studio that we've been, you know, building and working on for so many years, friends, roots, and to come here not knowing what here would bring, not knowing what Sweden would bring. Would it be good? Would it be terrible? Would we feel isolated out in the woods? You know, what if it's not this thing that I was hoping it would be? And if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't for <laughs> the mold and losing our home and what was really a shitty season, like if I look back at like the last big dip of my life, it was, it was 2021, was it 2020? Yeah, March 2021, it started. I mean, that was a low, low. <laughs> all you have to do is go back to any of the podcasts from all of those months. That was a low, low. I have never felt more unsafe, anxious, worried in a near constant state of panic, you know, so much anxiety. And now I'm here and I have never felt more grateful. And I'm so grateful that those things happened because they had to happen for us to arrive here in this place of, of goodness. Yeah, not a place of perfect, right? Which is this thing I've been chasing my whole life, but a place that is good, like a place of solid well-being, you know? <laughs> and I think oh I know already that nature wanted me to come back home and if I if I hadn't been sick if I hadn't found out that the entire roof of our house was filled with mold and it was slowly poisoning us if we hadn't lost all of our lives you know all of our belongings our whole routine and structure and like the our whole lives like we lost our whole lives over there and if that hadn't happened probably I would still be there living in a place that wasn't really aligned with me struggling you know working really hard to kind of try to get away from that feeling that something wasn't quite right that I wasn't thriving that I didn't feel at home that I felt unsteady all the time, you know, I didn't, that it was out of alignment, even in the really good times that we had in the last year of living in Aruba, I was not in alignment at all. I was not in a state of flow at all. I think it'd been a couple of years of me knowing that, you know, like I was looking for something else. I was ready to go home, but I didn't even know that there was another place in the world that I could call home. So 
now that realization that everything happens for a reason and it's a shitty thing to say I know that I, I don't agree with that in a lot of scenarios anymore I used to think it was the best saying ever everything happens for a reason life takes you where you're supposed to go and I find that that's often true for me personally so far in my life but there's been a lot of experiences in my life where I felt like that wasn't true at all you know when people die it's like people had to die that had to happen that was a great part of the personal life plan that the universe had in mind for me was for innocent people who were young who had a whole life to live for them to die violently no no I don't think that's what was supposed to happen you know but I think oftentimes really hard heavy things all of a sudden out of our control come our way and we can make something purposeful out of that experience. And it's a different feeling, I think, to to this, you know, like losing our home and things like that. It's not, it's a manageable situation. You know, I had the tools to, tools to deal with that. There are worse things happening in the world every single day that are completely overwhelming where people don't have the tools to manage, you know, that are traumatizing for so, 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 so many. And I'm wondering if, I'm really wondering if with what is going on in the world, right, and what's going on inside of us, which I think right now is a more accelerated version of the high highs and the low lows, like for me, like a year and a half ago, I was in the lowest low. And a year and a half later, I'm, I'm in the highest high. Like I really feel like this is the highest high. And for many of us, just those shifts and changes are happening so quickly, probably because we are seeing those shift and shifts and changes accelerating so quickly in the world. Like the amount of people right now that are really returning to the land, that are really wanting to take care of the earth, it, to me, it's like it's that's overwhelmingly beautiful. So many of you listening have found a new sense of purpose in your life, a new sense of direction, a new longing. You know, you want to make something really beautiful, really purposeful out of your life. Where maybe a year and a half ago, you didn't feel that way. Maybe a couple of years ago, maybe half a year ago, you were on a completely different track in your life. And all of a sudden, something is blooming inside of you. And we want, we want things in a different way now. You know, I mean, I think it's, it's really beautiful. And that came about hardship, like thanks to the pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic sucked, <laughs> but it changed a lot of our lives at the end. And many of us have found a lot of purpose and made a lot of beauty out of that new thing. So I'm just, I'm wondering, are we going to soon, are we going to see a big accelerated high collectively? You know, is there going to be a time where we get to look out at the world and see, wow, things are really changing now quickly for the better instead of more discord and more war and more destruction and more injustice? Is it going to turn and are we going to see more hope? and more support, and more healing, and more change. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know. I just, 
I just hope, right? I know I told you, and I've had some like anxiety about this. <laughs> I told you a couple of weeks ago, I have major news. I so I'm so I feel so bad that I did that, <laughs> that I did that. We had a little change, or a little just just a tiny something shifted, and we decided to keep our giant news to ourselves for a little bit longer. And it will all make sense when I get to finally share it, but I just, I can't share it today yet. But these news, they are, of course, also a part of why I feel, why I feel really whole and really purposeful in life now. It's kind of having something really good come your way <laughs> that shifts your life long term. I mean, it's hard to not wake up every day smiling. You know, it, it really, really, really is. And now I feel like I'm conceited and arrogant talking about how good my life is. Okay, let me, um, let me talk to you about something shitty. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> and I'm the worst at taking my own advice. Own your happiness. Let yourself shine. You know, don't hold back. Well, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm overdoing it. Um, it's my birthday next week, by the way, in case you didn't know. Um, so maybe I'll save I'll save any like humble bragging I want to do about good stuff in my life <laughs> for my birthday. Okay. Um, something I did want to talk about today that has been a challenge this past week is the sassy, super sassy, kind of cocky, almost a little bit arrogant, all of a sudden lying to me a lot five and a half year old daughter. <laughs> I don't know what happens at this age. People have been telling me like, yeah, around six, it's kind of like teenage years. Like it's a really hard time. And I was like, oh, but we haven't had that experience. But now all of a sudden we are having this experience. I don't know what has shifted, but we have arrived at like a stage where she cannot, I mean, she cannot accept a no. Even the tiniest no the tiniest, tiniest no, she receives as a huge rejection, as a, uh, it, it, it's so big right now. <laughs> it's so big in her right now, everything that doesn't go her way immediately. And it comes out as really wild behavior. You know, the other day, was this two, two days ago, she locked herself in her room and it was really unclear even why she was upset in the first place. She can just kind of come out into the living room and then, you know, she sees like one of her toys or something is, is on the kitchen table. And she's like, what's this? I didn't leave that there. Who put, who put this thing here? <laughs> and she's immediately so, and I'm like, probably she left it there. You know, <laughs> she doesn't remember. Maybe it was on the floor. Dennis picked it up. I don't know. You know, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like this is a great insult to her, but she, she just like makes that little experience as like, why would someone do this to me? That's not supposed to be there. And she gets really, really, really sassy all of a sudden. And, you know, this is not okay. I did not say that this could be on the table. And I'm like, honey, it's okay. We can move it. You know, do you want, do you want it in your room? Do you want me to, you know? And all of a sudden it's like, she's already in, in this mood. And then she goes to her room and she slams the door. And both me and Dennis are like, we, we don't know what happened. Like we literally couldn't follow <laughs> what happened, you know? And 
couple minutes later, I like come to her room to like check on her, you know, and I knock and she says, come in. And she says it like that. And I open the door and I can't because she has barricaded her door in her room by laying down like her little table and her chairs and the furniture that she has in there. She has laid down in front of the door <laughs> to block the door. So I physically cannot like it's I can't open. It's not like it's locked with a key. I physically can't open the door. It's not budging. And that's kind of worrisome, right? <laughs> it's not, not super safe, not super good. And I'm like, honey, let's talk about what's going on. Let's sit down together. I need you to open the door, okay? And she says, nope. And I'm like, honey, I really need you to open the door. You know, it's not, we've talked about this before. It's not safe to lock the doors. She knows, like that's a rule we have. She's not allowed to lock herself in rooms. I've even taken the keys of the doors out because she had that, like a, when we moved here, she thought it was fun to play with the keys. So, you know, we, we have that rule for a reason, but it's all okay. You know, just open the door, just move move the table, please, so we can talk. Did I hear the word please? <laughs> and she speaks like a 14-year-old, right? Did I hear the word please? And I'm like needing to take a big deep breath at this stage. I'm like, please open the door. I think I'm going to need you to apologize first. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, who is this? Who is this child? Like, I have, there's, I don't even know what I'm apologizing for, you know, but I really need her to not be locked in her room in this crazy mood. So I'm just like taking a breath and I'm like, honey, I am, I'm so sorry that I upset you. I'm really, I really am sorry. Now, please open the door so we can talk. She's just like quiet in there. She says, I'm just gonna think about it. Mm, nope. <laughs> she just, just won't open the door. You know, so of course it like escalates and I get upset. And then finally she opens the door and comes out and throws a toy at me, like a stuffed animal at me. And it all becomes this huge drama. And then all of a sudden she crumbles and she cries and she just throws her arms around me and she just cries. And she says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I locked myself in the room. I don't know why I did that. I'm so sorry. And, you know, crying. And she's really crying. Like she's really distraught, almost like she gets in this crazy temperament and she doesn't know why. And then she comes out of it and she's just like, why did I do that? I don't understand what's happening, you know? And it's been, it's been, it's been real. Like, yeah, we've had, we've had some very, very real, <laughs> some very, very real weeks here. And I don't know what to do other than I know in the moments when she's, she's even been hitting and kicking, which she had a phase like that. I think she was three or something, you know, a long time ago, hitting and kicking and which is not okay, you know, of course not okay. And I know in these moments, what she's looking for is more connection. You know, she's looking to be seen. She's looking to be understood. There's something really big happening inside of her that she doesn't know how to make sense of, right? So when I lose my shit and I get really pissed and I give her like an ultimatum, you know, you open the door right now or else, or, you know, whatever thing I resort to because I'm like out of, you know, I just lose it eventually, all that does is escalate the issue further and disconnect from her further and make her more upset and, you know, doesn't work. 
But I am just in maximum practice right now of patience, maximum practice of remaining really calm, of staying really anchored inside of myself, because she can be, like, I'm not ashamed to say this, like a little brat, (laughs) these days, like, totally. The other day we went to, uh, we went to a castle. It's, it's so fun. Sweden has a lot of castles. Yeah. We're a monarchy-ish monarchy here, like the, the royal family here, they don't have any power really, but we're still, we still have a king and queen. So bizarre, (laughs) but we have a lot of beautiful old manors and castles and things everywhere. And most of them have been converted now to like little hotels or cafes. And there's one pretty close to where we live, where we go sometimes. And we were there. It's really old. It's like a, it's from the 1500s, I think beautiful castle and they turn it into a museum so all the things from hundreds of years ago are still there the rooms are intact like it's a cool place to visit and they have a cute cafe and we're there and leah makes a friend this boy dressed in a spider-man outfit like who's maybe seven or eight like she's always making friends with older kids and they are running around and there's this big you know it's, it's like they're allowed to run it's a huge space but after a while she's running and she's taking longer periods of time to return so I kind of sit her down. I'm like, honey, it's okay. You can play with this boy. I can tell you're having a really fun time, but I need you to stay close enough that I can see you, okay? You can't I, You can't run away. You have to stay close. This is a big place. I don't want you to get lost. And she goes, okay. And then she just disappears. Like five minutes after that, she's just gone. And we had a good, it felt like a long time, probably wasn't that long, but we were all looking for her in a not in a panic, but in like a doesn't feel good when you can't see your kid, right? And this is a really safe area. There wasn't that many people there. Like I, I didn't wasn't thinking anything was going to really happen to her, but it's not okay for her to run away from us. You know, there's like certain boundaries are there no matter what. Like this is just, it's not okay. And I find her two floors down running around on the courtyard, having the time of her life with this boy. And by this point, I'm I'm upset because she really didn't listen. It's not safe. She 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 can't run away from us and just take off. You know that's it's not okay. And I just kind of grab her, I sit her down, and say, "Hey, honey, we just spoke about this. You can't run away. I need you to stay close to me. I'm gonna need to take your hand now, and you're gonna need to come with me. Like I need to like move her away from the situation because she can't. It's not okay anymore. And she lost it." Right. It's like every time I assert a boundary, really like, here's a no, here's my no now, you know, she lost it and she's trying to kick me. She's trying to hit me. She's kind of yelling and blocking her arms. That's what I do when she tries to hit is I just keep her hit from landing. I just kind of hold her arms down and I stay really calm. And it's like, you know, I can tell you're having a really hard time right now. I know you're having such a fun time playing with this new friend. I know it's really hard when mama says that you have to come now and go. I know, but you're going to have to listen to me and I need you to stay with me now. And it doesn't matter what I say. Like she's just trying to hit me, trying to hit me, trying to hit me. And then finally, I can't remember what it was that she did something that made made me like I couldn't stay patient anymore. I don't know. She probably said, you're the worst mommy ever. <laughs> it's just always the funnest thing to hear. And didn't stop trying to hit me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to need to go get your dad now. And Papa's going to take over because Mama needs to go calm down. And 
And I left and I got, got Dennis. Dennis took over and I left to go take a few deep breaths. And then I come back <laughs> and then by then she's crying, but she's not like fully, she's doing this like little cry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I was so pissed. I was like, that sorry doesn't count. I said, it's not okay to hit someone and then say sorry. And then the next day hit them again, because then the sorry doesn't mean anything. I'm like, I, I don't accept your sorry right now. <laughs> which I think was like a little bit too big for a five-year-old. <laughs> I don't know, but I really meant it. I was like, this shit's not cool. Like you can't, you can't hit me today and say sorry. And then in two hours, hit me again and say sorry. And then the sorry makes it okay. Like it's not okay. And <laughs> I don't know what happened inside of her that moment, but it was the first time like she really stopped and she looked at me and she was like, you don't like my sorry? I was like, no, I don't. I don't accept your apology. <laughs> oh my God, I feel so petty sharing this now, but I really was so pissed. Like, this is not cool. Like, you need to stop doing this. And then we came home and we had a huge talk about it. And she really was, she's been talking about that ever since, that the time I didn't accept her sorry. And it's been a, it's been a good, I think, little learning for us. Because we've been talking about what does sorry really mean? Like, why do we say sorry? What does it mean to apologize to someone? You know, what's the difference between just saying sorry, just to say sorry, and apologizing to someone because we mean it, you know, because we really want to ask for forgiveness, because we're recognizing we did something we didn't mean, or that we harmed somebody or hurt somebody, you know. And then last night, we were really talking about saying following up what, what was the word I use I forget because she was repeating this so much and it was so grown up to say yeah you're sorry we, we can't just be sorry with our words but we have to be sorry also with our actions <laughs> and she said so mama when I'm sorry with my actions does that mean I just I try not to hit you when I'm angry. I'm like, yes, that's a great example of being sorry with our actions. Being sorry with only our words means we say sorry and then we hit again. Being sorry with our actions means that we're sorry and we don't hit again. We find another way to move that anger through our bodies. Maybe stomping our feet in the ground, maybe counting to 10, maybe going outside. You know, we're like experimenting with finding new ways of of how do we regulate our emotions when we can't regulate? Like that's what it is in those moments when our kids are just losing it. It is it is so hard. I mean, it really, really, really is so hard. And I know this is a, it's not a forever thing. I know she's she's growing in some way, making sense of things in some ways. Maybe she's testing me a little bit also, you know, how far, almost like how far can I, can I go? Like, will I still be here with her? Will I still love her? Will I still hold her? You know, is there anything that she can do and for me to, to take any of this love away? And we're talking about that a lot, that I love you when you're at your angriest, you know, and I will always love you. And that there's nothing wrong with you, you know, that there's goodness inside of you there's nothing that's wrong with you but sometimes we do things that are not okay so it's like about the thing that has been done you know the kicking or the hitting or whatever the thing is versus her you know because I think as kids it's really hard to super hard 
you know, to not mix those things together that when my mom says that's not okay, it's really easy to confuse that with, oh, I'm not okay. I'm There's something wrong with me versus there's something wrong with that behavior and we can change that. But so, yeah, and it's kind of funny because even in this really challenging time, and I mean, it's really, and it's kind of constant, like at swimming lesson yesterday, before we go in, because I know after class is over, they have this little jacuzzi there that she loves. She just wants to jump back in the pool or go to the jacuzzi. And sometimes it's really hard to get her out of the pool. You know, of course, like the pool is so fun. Go and, and a lot of her friends in class, they get to go and hang out in the jacuzzi. And, you know, their parents are like also spending some time in the pool and then they stay. But we're not doing that. I really fucking hate the pool. Okay. I really hate it. I do. I do. It's, it's really like, you know, if we want to go swimming together, we'll do that on a day when we can do that. But after swim class, we shower and we go home. And I really prepared her like after swim class. Remember, you know, we're going straight home. We're going to go to the grocery store and then we're going home to do this and this. So, you know, no fighting about getting out of the pool, you know. And uh, I came to get her. I was like, hey, honey, how was class? And she just looked at me and she sticks her tongue out like mm, and then she just jumped in the pool and swam away <laughs> i'm just standing there like yeah parenting's great this is everything's fine <laughs> everything's going so well <laughs> oh man yeah parenthood but even in all of this right which is it's just a lot sometimes in a day you know, parenting is hard. I still know that this is the best year somehow, strangely. Like this is a beautiful season. This is a beautiful time in our lives. And as long as I can hold that and really, even in the hardest moments of those hard things that that I have, it's just like I know that like you have hard moments and the very hard things holding the goodness that is our life if our life actually feels good you know like a year and a half ago it didn't but now it does like i can sense this innate beauty of the life that we get to live right now and i don't want to take that for granted so when the little hard things come like your crazy kid chasing spider-man and kicking you <laughs> it's like I have a good life. We have such a good life. Like most of this is so, so beautiful. And I don't want to let the little hard things, you know, make me lose sight of that. It's kind of walking that line all the time with how can I remain grateful when things don't go my way? And how can I allow sadness when sadness is here without losing sight of the fact that the world is also still good? It's a hard balancing act. I think. And all those things, of course, that we struggle with figuring out in our day-to-day -day lives, they never become more acute and real as they are or than they are in our mothering or our fathering, you know, in our parenting. It's kind of like parenting brings out all the stuff that we're already working on, all the things that we're already trying to figure out all the wounds that are left to heal. It's like our kids will bring those front and center. And there they are every day. There they are. And it takes courage, I think, and work to not just react, to not just do what our parents did, 
when we were little, you know, to not just do that, whatever that innate first reaction tells us to do, which for me often is like, I want to send her to her room, you know, or like raise my voice or threaten her or, you know, how many times did I have, did I have it told to me like, okay, well, you go to bed, no dinner for you, you know, or like that there's a punishment of some sort at the end of the day, or if you don't do that, then you won't get this. And it's like, I know just from my own experience with my child that that, that, that stuff isn't going to serve neither, either of us, you know, and it's not the kind of parenting that I want to do, but it really remains that solid. It needs that solid steadiness to, to be able to weather those hard moments. And I find, at least right now, the more gratitude I practice, the more beautiful everything feels. Yeah. The more gratitude I practice, the more beautiful my life feels. Even those days that are a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to thank you for being here. I also really wanted to share... That's actually, that's what I was going to start this podcast with. I've wanted to share. I haven't shared. Wait, <laughs> I have to tell you something. <laughs> when I sat down to, to talk to you today, I was like, oh yeah, I got to tell them what's happening this week. And then I, I don't know, I started talking about the state of the world and my gratitude and my challenges with my kid. <laughs> I forgot. But hey, I am so excited to share that healing hours are back on yogagirl.com. So my live classes and live sessions are back. I've had a hiatus since May. It's been like half a year, no less, just a couple months. I've had a break and I'm back with live classes online, which I'm really excited about. And I have a schedule for the rest of the year with some really fun stuff that we're going to do like some really, really fun stuff. It's not going to be just an hour of asana, even though that's fun too. But we're going to really have some nature-based rituals and practices mixed with our yoga and our breathing and our meditation to move us into this next season. And I feel so excited that I get to share with you again, that I feel inspired to teach and to share live again. I haven't felt inspired. Let me tell you that. Well, I've talked about that, but I haven't, I've felt really like introverted, like I've been retreating inside of myself. I haven't wanted to, to share and to speak in that way. And now I feel so, so excited. The first live is October 8th, which is yogagirl.com. It's our anniversary. Um, October 8th. And we're going to practice every single live session has a practice of some sort, um, some movement or, you know, a meditation, a practice. But then we're going to make a fall wreath. <laughs> and I'm so excited. <laughs> I really am so excited. We're going to make and I don't know, I, I had this idea that I would love to make a fall wreath, um, you know, like one of those beautiful wreaths in Swedish, we say krans, um, that you can either hang on your front door to really reflect the season, like a fall wreath with all the beautiful fall colors that we get to go forage before the practice, before the class. But it could also be a crown, you know, if you have like a birthday next week or something. <laughs> so we're going to make a fall wreath 
that's the first class. The second live, we're going to make a tincture. We're going to make a prayer tincture. I really wanted to do something with plants. I really wanted to do something with plant medicine now that we can return to for our intention setting practice for the end of the year. You know, at the end of the year, every single year, I do a big New Year's intention ritual. And I wanted to create just a prayer tincture for our longings and our hopes and our wishes together with some plant medicine. So that we're going to do the week after. And I have some really fun, exciting stuff. We're going to, when, it, when you know, December rolls around, we're going to make some glug, which is the Swedish, very special mold wine that we drink here. But we're going to make it medicinal, of course. I have some fun stuff planned. Um, anyway, so you can go to yogagirl.com and you'll find all of the stuff there. And we have a new newsletter out now that I'm also really excited about where we share free classes um, every month. So just free classes that you can take without, yeah, without having to pay for anything. I know times are hard for so many across the world. So we wanted to offer more free practices just overall on the site. Um, so you can sign up for the newsletter if you want to. And maybe I'm being crazy now sharing so many things at the same time. Well, that first class on October 8th is going to kick off a 15-day yoga challenge. Yay. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous about it. But I wanted to reinvigorate just my own practice. I've really fallen out of the dynamic classes on the mat that I used to do. I come to the mat now mostly just to chill you know, it's very gentle for me when I'm on my mat, like very, very, very soft. And I want to come back to, even it doesn't have to be an hour, an hour and a half, like that kind of intensity, but I want to come back to a point of really moving more dynamically on my mat and anchoring back into yoga every damn day. So we're going to do a 15-day yoga challenge beginning with that first live class. So that class will be the first one, and then we'll do 15 days every single day. Um, with classes on yogagirl.com. So I'm I'm excited. I feel like, yeah, I already told you I feel really um, happy and grateful and like life is great right now. And part of that is this, is that I feel this inspiration to create again and to teach again and to share again. And I've been missing that. I really have. It makes my life feel a little bit bigger, even though my days are smaller somehow in a really beautiful way. Um, so anyway, yeah, you can go to yogagirl.com. You'll find all the info there, or you can go to my Instagram and just click the link in my bio and all the info will be there too. And, um, I hope to see you live. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in with me today. <laughs> this podcast was a little all over the place, but Hey, so am I have a beautiful weekend. Take care of yourself and I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.